Welcome to Disaster Artists, the spookiest survival podcast on the internet. We survive the spookiness, so you don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) And this week we're looking at hauntings that are favourite haunted, haunting films or haunted films, either way, uh, and their real-life counterparts and likelihood, or what uh, chance it actually poses as a threat, and of course what we can do to survive them. Don't go into the house. (laughs) That's the best thing. (laughs) You're assuming the house is haunted and not the roadway or the woods or or the city. city. (laughs) First of all, uh, we've gotten a few reviews recently on iTunes. Thanks. But if you haven't, it'd be really cool to leave one. And and if you do, could these ones be positive? (laughs) Um, uh, No, we got some nice ones. (laughs) And if it's your first time listening and you haven't subscribed, do that on whatever podcast app you have chosen because we've got cool episodes coming up and follow us on twitter and facebook at disaster artists on twitter and just search us on facebook yeah you'll find it and also we've just set up a t public so you can go there tpublic.com forward slash disaster artists very exciting yeah you can get some cool looking t-shirts and mugs and just general just cool stuff i, I want to buy them all for myself now yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i might buy, buy them all and might get people Christmas presents of just disaster <laughs> yeah, our own merch. I definitely want the cup. Like the cup looks yeah, cool. Yeah. We haven't actually gotten any of this stuff yet. This it only went up last night. So oh, yeah. we'll be yeah. looking at we'll be looking at the account going. Man, there's loads. We're earning loads of money and realize it's just you and me buying them all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we get a good a good saving because we we get the the commission on the sale. Oh yeah, so, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, so it'd be cheaper than buying like. A t-shirt of a Any- podcast you didn't <laughs> do. Anytime I just need a new t-shirt, I'll just, <laughs> yeah. I'll just I only buy my own merch from now on. Oh yeah, and actually, because this, I'm not sure when this episode goes up, but it's Thursday as we're recording it. There's a sale at the moment, like a forty percent off sale. So oh yeah, it'd be good to get there quickly. They do sales regularly, but forty percent you don't really get something deal. that good. And they're not that expensive anyway to start, are they? No, no, they're pretty reasonable. Looking at them last night. Yeah, I think the average is like maybe let's say it's twenty bucks and like six euro delivery dollars as well. So not bad. They're four. The t-shirts are fourteen dollars at the moment. Oh yeah, Uh, it's really good. And the mug, like the coffee mugs, like a tenner or something. Yeah. um, Yeah, but also we were talking about before uh, we turned on the mics. I met a listener this week who is in Ireland. Oh yeah, Paul. Awesome guy. Hey, he, Paul, sorry I couldn't meet you. Apparently it was news to Shane, despite, like, I told I him. I just saw on Facebook that he was saying, oh, I'm coming to, uh, I'm coming to Dublin. I was like, oh, yeah. I was thinking, oh, I must get on to Johnny, you must try and meet up with him. I mentioned it to you, though. I know, I remember you saying it to me in person, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I've just been so busy the last week with loads of this stuff, and I completely forgot about it. First of all, Gordo and Paul, if you're listening, I've got, uh, Paul, American Paul, yeah. brought uh i think they're aprons i haven't opened them because i want to give the let the guys do that obviously rancho gordo i think it's like a i guess it's a food chain oh, right, in san okay. francisco so he i've got them for gordo and paul from he american paul. presents yeah he got us uh san francisco dear all listeners joint <laughs> games or uh, team t-shirts there's one for you oh no way um thanks paul I picked the nicer one. I get first dibs. That's um, cool. So yeah, we're we're now officially joint supporters. So <laughs> fuck the Dodgers. 
I got a. I might po- cut that out because we might have Dodger listeners. Who did you get? Um, what I, do you mean? I got Posey number twenty-eight. Oh, I didn't actually. Oh no! No, I mine's just joints. Oh. I mine's now. F- now you want to swap, don't you? <laughs> no, I, you see, I prefer the front. Oh yeah, this is just San Francisco twenty-eight. That's um, interesting. Man, if that's yeah. one, even if he's like represents one percent of our fan base, I'm a very excited individual. Oh yeah, so he's technically yeah. Sorry, uh, also that he's even though we don't have the patches done, you know, considering we've met, like I I figured we we've now officially patched him in as the North California president of Acolytes of Apocalypse. Ooh. So then we've got one one president slot taken. If you're from North California, don't worry, you can be VP. Yeah, um, there's someone just started to cry right now. <laughs> yeah. They're like, "Where's my patch?" Or you can fight to the death for for it. But there, there you go. <laughs> but you know, being VP is probably an easier one. But we still need to get the patches. I say now that we have t-shirts. Anybody that buys a t-shirt, you have to lay claim to your role as president. Uh, yeah, if you buy a t-shirt, even, and then you can just get a patch when they come out. Just because it's taking us so long to get the patches done, we should just yeah, we need to get uh, art done for them. So. Yeah, we should just even anybody that buys a t-shirt is in the acolytes for now, yeah. and we'll just get the patches done <laughs> yeah. at some point. Let's get into it, Shane. Uh, what are your favorite haunted or haunting movies? Haunting movies. Haunted would be a movie that is haunted. Haunting movies. Yeah, yeah. Have to say, Poltergeist, obviously. Yes, uh, that's probably one of my favorite. Yeah, Poltergeist, definitely. directed by Steven Speed. I mean, uh, Tobe Hooper, of course. Tobe Hooper, yeah. unequivocally, he he directed it. Steven, Steven Spielberg had no involvement at all, really. <laughs> um, you know about that, yeah? No, oh, there's a whole thing that Tobe Hooper apparently like didn't really direct Poltergeist. It was oh, okay, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, yeah. Um, Spielberg was a producer oh, okay. and he watched the film it looks remarkably like a Steven it Spielberg does, it's very Spielberg yeah, yeah. Um, and Tob Hooper with the exception of Texas Chainsaw Massacre wouldn't be the best like he's ha- a half decent director but yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre would be the only now then maybe Spielberg so, just coached him a lot yeah well well I don't know if coached would be the word but like Spielberg's a huge fan so maybe he just like understood Tob Hooper's style and a bit more, I don't know. Yeah. But there is a whole thing, that apparently. Spielberg done a lot of the direction. Uh, yeah. The Haunting, the Robert Wise film, yeah. is one of my favourites, based on the Shirley Jackson novel. That's oh, the, yeah. House, Haunting of Hill House. Because I, I always can think House on Haunted Hill, but Haunted oh, yeah. of Hill House is the novel, yeah. uh, The Haunting and of the film. even though it's kind of up for debate, one of my favourite films of all time is Shining. But it's, that could be Possession. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, it's both. I mean, it's, it's kind haunt- of both. It's, yeah, yeah, it is haunting. Um, yeah, we're, I feel like we're going way. <laughs> this isn't going to last fifteen or twenty minutes. <laughs> <We> just list <laughs> out films and don't actually talk about them. No, no, sorry. Yeah, um, yeah. But you, you know, like, I mean, you have because the Shining's the one I'd have the least to say about. Um, it's funny, no, because it's one of those. I think it's just one that I've probably seen the most, and so I can recall it the most. I have. I haven't seen Poltergeist in a long time. I must watch it again where The Shining I've seen a good few times and I remember seeing it a lot younger and then thinking this is really really creepy and then as I got older I thought this is really well made but this film is hilarious and I I find it really enjoyable in probably the scenes where most people are scared I find it kind of not not comedy but I find it just very entertaining 
Like, with no, the exception no. of the, the bathtub scene, there's nothing really that's... Yeah, yeah, it's always the, the creepy old lady, naked lady. Yeah, like, I like the... I think the Shining is great visually. I think yeah. it's an utterly pointless adaption that, like, misses <laughs> the entire point of the yeah, book. Yeah. Like, there's, like... The, like the child is the only character you really root for, whereas in the book, you yeah. all three characters you feel terrible for and you just want it to work out for them. And it's about yeah. a father trying to keep his family together because he's fucked up in the past. And now these forces outside of his control are ruining it for him and he's yeah. still fighting it. The book is about a guy who's already crazy being crazy. That's or, or the, the film. film. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like there's, it's just Jack Nicholson being Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Like. <laughs> just like even with 2001, when they started filming, it wasn't even fully written yet, and all this kind of stuff. Well, they wrote it to like the idea was to do med together, like the book yeah, and yeah. the film, or like they didn't have an ending when they were filming the ending and all sorts of mad stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, R.C. Clark had an ending, but Kubrick wasn't uh, sure on it. Yeah, they're both kind. Well, they're executed different in each. Just to go back to hauntings, what yeah. arguably I think I think the hauntings the best like haunting film. Yeah, out there. Um, even like just from a technical standpoint, like it just looks incredible. You've seen the haunting, yeah? I'm trying to think, Robert Wise film from mid sixties, maybe early. It's very good. It's based on a really yeah. famous book. It's an excellent film. It's because uh, it's kind of left open whether the haunting is real or not. Because oh, okay, it yeah, it's yeah. only one. It's a paranormal investigator. Yeah. Or I guess not paranormal investigator because... No, he's an actual scientist. So he's <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, he, he's interested in the phenomenon. So he recruits a team of people to just come oh, yeah. and spend a month there, I think. And one of them is this girl who's... I think her, her mother's just died in the book anyway i'm assuming it's the same and he or she led kind of a sheltered life um so she just sees this as almost a holiday for some reason but okay when they get there she's kind of the the first and for the most part only one that like sees all these apparitions oh right okay. now others do hear it but then when i like they'll, they'll be asleep at night and be banging in the halls and all this crazy shit going on oh yeah and then they'll all wake up and go out and she'll be in a trance or something. So it's the idea it could being be her. That, yeah. yeah, it could have just been her to begin with. But the house, they, they give the history of the house. We don't need to go into it. But the the house itself is kind of like the presence in the both the book and the film or the guy that built it. We talked about, uh, we'll probably talk about by the, by the time this is over, the Mary Winchester house. Oh, yeah. It's kind of inspired by that where the house is just built. Like the house is uh, six inches taller inside than outside, which is impossible. But it's okay, just the, yeah, yeah. the design of the house makes it seem yeah, that way. Yeah. And there's no perfect corners in the... It's a big mansion and there's no actual co- no perfect That's corners. So, so it's really easy to get lost. And even a hallway with like five rooms, you can get lost and not know which door you just come out of because of the way... It's built. That's cool. And everything's at a slight slant, so the doors will always slam shut after exactly three and a half minutes and all this. <laughs> or each, oh, sorry, I think it's each door has different times, so it's always the or exact same. on the angle or like... Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. So the house is made to fuck with you as well. And That's that could cool. be the, the... It could have been designed. And because of that... Because there's all this bad history at the house. Yeah, but yeah. it could be... Just because people went crazy because it's so 
yeah. t- mentally tormenting to live there. <laughs> um, so yeah, and the girl by the end of the film, the towards the climax, she gets like not really possessed, but she's essentially dancing with a ghost. She almost fucking falls from a steeple. Anyway, but by the end of it, she's like really happy there, and yeah. they're like, "Oh, this is this is clearly just." tormenting her she can't take part in this experiment anymore so they send her home and the end of the book is just her leaving the house and just as the gate is open she just like drives into it and kills herself <laughs> so she can uh, stay in the house wow as, as a spirit um, so you don't know is, is it the crossing of somebody with mental health, health issues and a haste that drives you mad or was it haunted yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's really good though but it's just the film is just made really well uses like darkness and the house are the two like enemies in okay the film it's really good and there's a really good misfit song about it no as you fully describe it then i definitely haven't seen that because i was thinking have i seen that well you know the ending now but (laughs) oh well that's yeah Yeah, it's (laughs) it's all about the journey johnny yeah it is they remade it with uh liam neeson in like the late 90s i was thinking that yeah it's yeah. meant to be shit but i think they changed it quite a bit i think like for some reason it's an experiment on insomnia oh okay i, I don't know yeah. why <laughs> uh another really good like an older going back to an older uh ghost story like one of the first i guess one, one of the first like sort of epic even though it's not an epic it's a novella but Long-form haunting stories, The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. Oh, yeah. Which, like, it's 1850s or something was out. But, like, that's the basis of, like, you know, the others with Nicole Kidman, oh, yeah. I think. I haven't seen it, but I think that's based on it. The Innocence is based on it. Yeah. That's the first sort of classic young woman comes to take care of two children. And they see they're, they're the old... Yeah. Uh, nanny or whatever is haunting the place and the chill there, there's a connection to the kid one yeah. of them possesses the kid in it and drains him uh, but a lot of films take that there's a a Dublin author um, he wrote uh, John Boyne he wrote Boyne Stripe Jamis oh yeah he has a really good book called This House is Haunted where it's that same kind of story it's a, a school teacher who goes to take care of two kids whose yeah. mother and father have just died well, the mother, anyway, the father, it's uncertain where he is. Oh, okay. And the mother's, like, haunting the place. It could, it, it, it kind of, it hits all the cliches quite deliberately. Like, if, if I was to give it to you and not tell you it was written by the guy who wrote by In the Striped Pajamas, you'd think it's some novel that was written in 1912. Okay. Like, it's, it, it's written perfectly like an old gothic horror story. Yeah, yeah. Like, even Charles Dickens is a character in it. He's in the oh, beginning really? of it. It's, cool. fant- it's such a good book. It's not the most shocking, like, you kind of know where everything's going. But it's about engrossing yourself in that. Yeah. yeah. It may, I'm so surprised nobody's adapted it yet. But yeah, it's really good. That's one of the best, like, newer horror stories I've read. Yeah, Haunted House, kind of, or Haunted yeah, yeah. Building, kind of thing, yeah. Because, like, have you seen any of the newer ones, like The Conjuring or Insidious or any of them? No, I haven't really bothered. I saw, um, was it The Gallows? Yeah. I went as a, for, like, a press screening. Uh, yeah, I just closed. The, the found footage I just can't do <laughs> yeah. anymore. I, I didn't go by choice. It was, like, for work. <laughs> the Conjuring has the first, like, 30 minutes of The Conjuring. 
is just some of the best character-driven film I've ever seen. Like the family dynamic of them moving into the new house and just, it's insanely well done. Okay, maybe I'll just watch the first um, <laughs> Did you, you were just like, oh, what a, what a lovely family. Like a lot of it's handheld, really long takes and there's like they've got the family have like seven or eight children or something oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. so it's constant noise and she's like you know the spielberg and i, I think who i'm not sure who spielberg got it, from hitchcock i assume but spielberg also does a thing where he has like two separate dialogue scenes happening at the same time oh yeah yeah where you and, go from one room to another oh no no part. but you know when spielberg does it where you'll have two characters talking oh yeah and right to the side there's another two characters talking and you kind of yeah. have to pick and choose yeah uh, so you nearly have to watch the scene twice, like uh, yeah. But and to do that, there's loads of that in the con- in the first half an hour, the Conjuring, where you you can't really hear what's been said at all because it's just a cacophony of a family, yeah, with loads of children just moving into a house and that sort of havoc. Like, oh, but it's really cool, well man. done. Um, and then I watched the Conjuring two just to because we were doing this. And it's the exact same. The first like half oh, an really? hour, forty minutes. It's like James Wan. I know everybody says he's a great horror filmmaker. He should just go do a family drama. <laughs> like, he's doing like Fast and Furious and Aquaman and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, he should be making a because both films wants the wants the like ghost. Actually, Conjuring Two is better. Like the gradual sort of onset of the Poltergeist. I thought Conjuring yeah. the first Conjuring film. There's a really cool scene where the mother's out doing her laundry and a sheet blows, just blows. And then as it's in the wind, you just see it takes the shape of a man. Ah, cool. And it's terrifying looking. It's really good. And other than that, like it kind of just goes to shit as soon as the ghost shows up. Yeah. But it's it's definitely, they're better than most Okay, I'll give them a go. Films. I'd always kind of stay away from a lot of that. So. I'd say stay away from two. Like it just, it's not good anyway. I thought you were going to say the second one was, took the typical route of not the original writer or director and a take it's just this like terrible shit just no you like, see the, jump scare film they follow the uh the the sort of family that are being haunted aren't really the main characters it's the investigators it's the same investigators oh okay yeah, yeah um because they're both based on allegedly true stories yeah but james Wan, like he's i because he directed shit i mean it must check to be sure because i think he directed the insidious films too oh, right. and they like the because Insidious, the first Insidious and The Conjuring came out the same year. Is it Insidious are the ones that look really cheap? Uh, they look, well, they look like what you, they look like million dollar films or whatever. Yeah. Now, I remember seeing a trailer for one of those. I can't remember which one it was. And just from the trailer, it looked like a student film. Like, I wouldn't have thought so anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, like he's a busy lad. Yeah, he done Insidious as well. Insidious... Same kind of thing, haunted house films, not based on any true story or anything. Yeah. I didn't really like them, but I like what he tries to do with his horror films. Then, yeah, we they're kind of the... Well, we went through the best and sort of the best of the newer ones that aren't great, but I still like like the Japanese ones, like Ring and all them. They're always pretty good. There's a lot of one horror films that aren't quite. They're not like Hellraiser. Oh yeah. Isn't quite a. It's not a haunted house film, but it kind of is executed very much like one. It's got yeah. the same style. Apart from that, I've I've seen. It's been I've seen loads of TV shows and stuff with lots of hauntings and ghosts. And that, so. 
Supernatural yeah. probably being the most uh, prevalent of them. They, yeah, they dive deep into the lore like and ten seasons or whatever. Yeah, it might be eleven. I'm not too sure. The uh, the Devil's Backbone is a great ghost story. Oh yeah, the or haunted film, the Del Toro one. Oh no, I haven't seen that one. Really, it's really good. I I usually end up doing the horror screenings because a lot of the other uh, film writers hate horror films. Like they they can't handle them. They're too. Uh, they find them too scary and stuff. I'm like, I'll do them. I think they're hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I usually sit through horror films like giggling and laughing. And then the only thing that gets me then is obviously jump scares because they're designed to make you jump. Yeah, yeah. I think sadly a lot of horror films fall into just being bad acting, stereotypical characters running away from a monster. And I think that's where the reput- bad reputation comes from. Though there is some great horror films out there, obviously. There's a lot of saturation of just kind of rubbishy stuff that's it's usually low budget and you know i think that's what it is there's a lot but of low the, budget but then you could also argue that the, the problem is perception as opposed to what's out there because then like how many yeah. of the good horror movies have i just been talking about that you haven't seen you well know? exactly yeah, yeah so it's perception versus yeah what's there like there is of course there's a ton of shit there's a ton of shit because it's something a lot of people deem as the easy sort of in to get in a film made like we yeah, make yeah. a low budget horror movie and yeah even I was talking about was at the gallows the two guys who wrote and direct that like one of them was like 19 or something like you know <laughs> well that's a, like found footage film like fucking yeah, yeah. swing a cat like there's one mad every day it seems and they're yeah. all shit like I've seen maybe three films that done the found footage right yeah one of them I wouldn't even consider it was Troll Hunter the Norwegian film it's more of a fantasy horror because oh, I mean yeah. it's giant trolls it's fucking fantastic but also there's one, I guess maybe we talk about in the next episode, The Last Exorcism. It's not great, but... I heard that was good. Yeah, like, because they do it, it's not typical found footage. It's a mockumentary, essentially. Yeah. It's just done, like, it's a priest who, an exorcist. Oh, no, yeah, sorry, he's not a priest. No, he is, yeah, he's a reverend. But he essentially has came out and admitted that it's all a lot of shit, like, and he's been using con man tactics for the last wow. 20 years and he's going to leave the priesthood and all this but he agrees to just go on one last exorcism to show them how he fakes everything wow and that's just a setup that's cool as far as found footage it's at least a film that oh well it makes sense that this would be done in this style yeah like, yeah rather than like somebody was just filming on their iPhone for the entire thing that was that was my biggest complaint about the, the gallows like I slayed it it wasn't a great film but uh, their excuse for recording everything is that they're using the lights on their phones so the film was what 10 minutes long yeah because that's how long my battery lasts well, if I've got the light on yeah you would think that but no but the whole point was you don't need to be recording while you have the light on, on your phone. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's yeah. true there's, there's a torch app they're very yeah, they're just all they're really forced <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it's funny because the best one because Blair Witch they were making a documentary and that's that's the yeah, reason yeah. you'd be recording you're making a documentary <laughs> exactly just do it that way like make it that whatever but uh, hauntings so I suppose we should get into Haunting. them in general yeah the, the real what is a haunting well usually it's a building specifically a house but you know commonly a, a school and a, a old insane asylum and all that oh yeah they're the um, classics an old hospital yeah 
So any sort of building, but not always. It can be a laneway on a country road. That's a real uh, old Irish thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so any of these places that are perceived to be inhabited by disembodied spirits. Usually residents or guests. Yeah. It's fair to say. Guest commonly, actually. So somebody that was murdered in the yeah, hotel. Yeah, the classic yeah hotel is there's been a string of murders in the hotel, so there's loads of ghosts yeah. in the hotel. So that's what a ghost is, and there's varieties of them. And then there's poltergeists, like the film we mentioned. Yeah. But they're different again, not really ghosts. We can get to that. But belief in ghosts has existed probably before the written word. Oh, definitely. Um, and still to this day, it's almost like more people believe in it. Because I used to associate very much with a religious thing. Yeah. Which was kind of seemed contradictory to me because if you believe in God and the afterlife in heaven and all this, yeah, the idea of somebody being left on earth wouldn't happen they'd go to one or the other yeah they'd either go to limbo heaven or hell so yeah. why, well, why would, would they it just seemed nonsensical that ghosts could be left behind if you believed yeah. in that but well the reason I mentioned limbo because there's there's a lot of kind of theories of limbo is you're a ghost stuck on earth yeah, yeah. rather than being another plane of I guess that's the difference existence. between limbo because purgatory was the cat, like the actual place yeah Li- yeah I think limbo is what People, like spiritualists, could make the argument that's what a ghost is. Somebody's stuck in yeah, limbo. Yeah, so they're halfway between here and the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. But whereas purgatory was, Sorry, meant was be, purgatory, yeah. purgatory was meant to be an actual physical place, though, like heaven and hell. Yeah, it was meant to be... So you uh, be... It was just nothing. So you're just wandering around for eternity in purgatory. But yeah, but it's not, it's not of this world. So you won't no. be a ghost if you're in purgatory. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, like... Was that the yeah. first... Of uh, Dante's Inferno, isn't it? Purgatory is the first yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's yeah, where I most know. people would go who were, say, didn't get into heaven, you went to Purgatory. And then if you were particularly evil, then you went further down yeah, to the Inferno. Seven. I think it's their seven. Seven, seven is. Um, but it'd make more sense to me that more people would believe in ghosts now, the fact that like religion is on the decline. Yeah. Um, I would also would expect less people to believe either in general, <laughs> but thirty seven percent of Americans believe in ghosts. Wow, twenty eight percent of Canadians, forty percent of Britons. Yeah, uh, I pulled our Twitter, and twenty seven percent said yes that they believe in glo- ghosts. Yeah, twenty percent said no. Thirty three percent were agnostic. So unsure. The, yeah. And 20% were more worried about zombies. <laughs> now, only... Th- That's a great question. We're a, we're a fifth-rate podcast, so there was only 15 people devoted, but it's still a good... Yeah, yeah. 15 is a good number, and I was one of them. Um, and I forgot to vote. I... <laughs> well, what way would you vote? Um, you see, this, the funny thing is, I believe somewhere between agnostic and no. That's kind of... I put agnostic because if I'm yeah. between it's easier you slide yeah, exactly. with the 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 sort of less uh, what's the word I'm looking for anyway yeah agnostic yeah. makes sense if you're in between yeah I uh, think there's a lot about although more worried about zombies is another you could also go that route yeah yeah exactly <laughs> well put it this way I'm more worried about other things yeah so 
Uh, I'd certainly be more worried about, is in, if you didn't believe in either of them, zombie would still be the more worrying of them. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, it's like to say, okay, so people have believed in ghosts since the written word, or, or since before the written word. Yeah, yeah. And for just as long, there's been absolutely no proof of it. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. it's it, it's easy to say, yeah, no, I don't believe in them. But then there is that thing, like, if you want, because people are like, oh, you have to be about science, and no, that's supernatural, and yeah. that's what people tell you, you have to go with the science method, so no, you don't believe in it. But no, because if you're going to go with the science method, yeah. if you're going to be scientific about it, then have to be. absence of proof isn't proof of absence. Exactly. You have to be agnostic about it. Yeah. Because, like, that's the problem, I think, with... I have a problem with people who buy into ghosts and just believe in everything. Everything that happens. Oh, it's a ghost. My bread fell. Ghost done it. My house is haunted. And then the person is like, oh, it's clearly not a ghost. You're just imagining things. Because both of them have just jumped to a conclusion on both sides. Like, because say something happened, something mysterious. If you just jump to either of those conclusions... You're not looking for an explanation, yeah. so you're, neither of you are being scientific. You know, like yeah, yeah, there has to there has to be a solution to these things one way or another, and we'll get to that later. Like yeah, different yeah, solutions. Like I think, I just I find it all very fascinating because every culture, every single culture, in the entire world, every religion, every village, every, you know, whether they're pagan, agnostic, whatever religion they are, anything like that, they all have ghost stories. Yeah, yeah. Like every community, every. I really, I really wish I had a fact where I could be like, ah, but did you know that? But yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah, There's the specific tribe in South America. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) And they're the only ones. So, ha. (laughs) Um, They all have something to do with bad spirits, Mm. demons, anything like that. Yeah, like there's something. A curse at least. uh, Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of tribal ones would be like a deceased relative. Yeah bequest a curse upon the family somehow and it's not so much a goal but it's still very yeah, much yeah. a super it's vengeance from beyond the grave like yeah yeah there's always something and you know whether it's simple simple like you had shit crops this year it wasn't because of you too much rain it was because you're such and such an ancestor was pissed off at you because you married the wrong woman or something like, yeah because yeah, yeah. uh, he had a fight with her grandfather and you shouldn't have married her you know like there's all that kind of shite um Though I think, like, I feel there's a lot of, there's a lot we don't know about human consciousness and the brain and, um, it sounds kind of cheesy, but I think people can leave an imprint on, like, on the world, you know? Yeah, yeah. And even if it's only within a generation or something, there's, there's definitely a lasting impression left by people beyond just a memory and... So like, and I suppose the typical, typical thing of like your classic haunted places, somebody was murdered there, or something really awful happened there. Not necessarily murder. Yeah, yeah. And and I think there is something about that. I like, I, there is definitely something there about that. Even if it's in some weird kind of like pheromonal way, we don't even know about. There's these pheromones of fear of somebody being murdered are still in the atmosphere. Yeah. Or so, you know what I mean? There's something. But what is funny about that, the idea of the, the vengeful spirit and all that, with the exception of tribes, but the sort of, yeah. like, the folk religion areas of the Western world and yeah. Eastern to an extent, uh, it's, fair, it's, it's, it's a very recent 
thing to have the the murdered ghosts. You can that now. I say recent is in sixteenth century onwards. Yeah, yeah. Like in the in the preliterate folk religions, the mention of ghosts was more in terms of like a form of ancestral worship, where it was like you know a ghost would be somebody a left behind your granddad dies and he's a ghost until all the people who mourn him have left the earth until they've died oh yeah, he, yeah. it was all things like that and then there'd be yeah. things that they might become vengeful if they weren't mourned properly so yeah. and that's where a lot of burial rituals we still use today in different religions come from it's to make sure they get a proper burial so they won't yeah. come back but you know it's not it's not until much later i guess with the rise of well, like literature and literature yeah. being just so, any written word, then like you get all the, the, the vengeful of, spirit coming back. Yeah, just conventions were, were put murdered. onto the stories. Yeah, uh, it's definitely a recent thing. Yeah. Or, like, like even just saying, like Ireland, our parents, I of our their generation are quite superstitious. Their parents ridiculously superstitious. Yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, there's the whole thing of mourning. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is nothing. Nobody really does it anymore. But a lot of the older generations, so say our grandparents, um, all my grandparents are all dead 15, 20 years. If they were still alive today, they'd be over, well over 100. Like I'm I'm the youngest of uh, a much older family and stuff like that. So yeah. The, but back in the day, like if someone died, their spouse or loved one would for a whole year wouldn't go to any wedding or christening or party or anything because like they were in mourning. Yeah, yeah. So I had respect for a whole year. I know is a uh, my mother in law. She was telling me her grandmother wasn't going to go to her wedding because her grandfather had died like six months before her. Yeah, and yeah. she made her go because she was whatever the first grandchild to get married or something, and she made her go because she wasn't going to go because she was in mourning. And there's this yeah, whole yeah. thing of. Oh, why well, I couldn't possibly go to your wedding because I'm in mourning. So I was just like, why not? But that would all go back to that yeah. idea of like that's where those burying rituals come from. Yes, yeah. to keep the spirit happy. Which yeah, you have it's to a let weird them move one. On. But it's funny too because like the f- that would have been the very, very, very olden form of it. Then in the 16th century, maybe I'm picking that yeah out but it would be around well, then when it, it written be- word was more common and then printing started coming in and then it becomes 17th 16th 17th it becomes more uh yeah the the vengeful spirits and all that but there was, i guess yeah there was always a belief in the spirit uh, doing you know going off and doing its own business after you die yeah. but it was just this more ghostly supernatural stuff comes much later well, actually, well, there's the thing, I guess, because to believe in a ghost, then you have to believe in the soul. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, well, th- that's what I was saying with this kind of lasting impression. Yeah, it's not necessarily a soul. It's more like a an aftershock of that person's existence. And yeah. is that a soul, or is it a, or is it like, as I said, is it like a pheromonal thing? Is it, well, you know, what is it? You know? See, because that's like some of the, the the scientific view would be that there's more like Einstein talked about where like an energy force that can be yeah. left behind and there might still be like a magnetic pull from a person's energy for yeah, decades yeah. after they die. But that isn't going to uh, be creeping up and brushing the back of your neck or pushing you down the stairs yeah, or yeah. possessing you and making you kill your wife, you know? Yeah. It's the idea of, a, ven- a vengeful spirit 
yeah. can only exist if there was a soul. Like the, the the leftover energy couldn't be a vengeful spirit. It'd just be. It's just energy. It's, yeah, maybe yeah. that energy would like brush the back of your neck and that. But you know, it's not going to. Yeah, it doesn't have intent or anything. Yeah, I I used to always find that that was one of the things I always thought was the most interesting things as a kid was that idea of when you get a shiver, and the saying is somebody must have stepped on your grave. Which I always had an idea what that meant, but to me, I always thought it was someone in the distant future stepped on my grave that's and what, yeah. I could feel it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always thought I that was really cool. So, of course, as a kid then, whenever I went to a graveyard, whatever it was, to visit my granddad or something like that, Yeah, yeah. I would try and step on lots of graves because I had this idea of people in the past kind of going... <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, of yeah. what I was doing as a kid and <laughs> I think it was cool and I do it sneakily like we'd be walking through a laneway and I'd just put a foot on a grave <laughs> you know yeah because there's that thing but there's that thing that uh, walking over a grave is bad luck to the person walking over it oh uh, yeah so like somebody walking over your grave would be bad luck to them too it's a weird yeah yeah it's a weird one maybe that's <laughs> where I went wrong <laughs> <laughs> um Somebody wa- oh maybe that's what I mean. Somebody walked over your grave. Does that yeah. mean you're haunt? You're the you're the ghost. You're haunted. You're feeling like you're, I don't know. Um, but the thing about the belief in the the soul, I guess, like at least because there's always that big question, like why why would a ghost just look like a person wearing clothes? Yeah, yeah. But if you actually look back to any depiction of the soul, even like back to like the Egyptian Book of the Dead, yeah. They are depicted as being an exact replica of the person in their yeah. final moments. So, like the, the the depiction of the ghost exists for that long. I I, I kind of appreciate that that yeah. form better than because I don't like the you know the the sort of mist of a ghost. Oh yeah, so you see pictures of that. It's like, I imagine if a ghost was real, it wouldn't just be a mist, surely. Yeah, like a white yeah. kind of outline of somebody. <laughs> Or maybe like the outline, fine, but no, you, where it just looks like a cloud or something. Yeah, yeah. It just looks silly. They're the really uh, poorly doctored photos. <laughs> Guess in terms of different types of ghosts, the we, you, you mentioned earlier the ones really popular in Ireland. Yeah. Um, or were you talking about this? Like the, the, the sort of the white lady ghosts? Like oh, the, sorry, yeah, yeah. The haunt, well, you, you were saying that the haunted laneways. Yes, yeah. So like white lady ghosts are... They're the ones that would be considered, yeah, like not your typical haunt, and they'd haunt like laneways or graveyards or fucking a forest or whatever. Yeah. It's usually women. Usually, because yeah, yeah. it's typically uh, like an old legend of a tragedy that befell a woman on her wedding day. Yeah, or she was like betrayed by a man, a lover, yeah. and, and killed yeah. herself. Usually, yeah, yeah. They're a very popular one. Yeah, there's usually things like, you know, hung yourself from that tree so the whole forest is haunted. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Or there used to be, where this road is now, used to be the middle of the forest and the tree she hung herself was at these crossroads and so she haunts these crossroads. Yeah, or, yeah. You know, that's usually... Love is like some like 17-year-old girl who was like stood up at prom and walked home and was hit by a drunk driver or something. So she yeah, haunts yeah. that roadway. They're all. They're always. They're always terribly sad when they're done yeah, in movies. No, yeah. <laughs> they done it. Actually, it was the first episode of Supernatural. They done one. Was she haunted? I'm not sure what her. It was definitely she was stiffed by a, a man because last night she would get into people traveling the road would see her walking in her. Oh, was it like the haunted bridge or something? Or, I'm trying to remember. Well, yeah, I think she just haunted the road. It was wherever yeah. she died, and she'd get a lift with them and then kill the person. To get oh, she'd make the them crash. The, yeah, yeah. 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 
Um, but yeah, they always come across terribly sad. Uh, but they're very like they, they're very Irish folklorish. They're right. really popular in Ireland and England. And there's there's a lot of stories, especially yeah, that of oh yeah, you wouldn't go down that laneway at night. Yeah, yes. Yeah. You, you'll see a ghost or. Um, oh, I can't remember the story, but there's one, and I've heard it a few times from different people from different parts of Ireland, of a uh, ghost on a bike. Uh, Have yeah. you heard that? Yeah. There's like always there's, like, the cyclist goes through the middle of town and he's a ghost. Yeah. yeah. They're all just, just there's always really those. funny. There's always <laughs> so, really funny ones. The real Irish ones. Um, there's always one of that, like a ghost on a bike. Or, or that you're cycling home and there's a cyclist following you. And then if you get off your bike, then and he he never passes you because it's a ghost. You know this kind of shit. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> most of those come from people cycling home from the pub at like two in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Sad, fucking drunk. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, another type of ghost, not really a type of ghost. It's a the poltergeist. It's yeah. a ghost in the sense that the word geist means ghost, and poltern or plotern German word anyway for rumble yeah uh some people say, say say it comes from the work you know puka is ghost oh yeah in irish yeah, yeah but then poltergeist would mean ghost ghost yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be really silly. so it's not a ghost it's a ghost ghost <laughs> yeah ghost ghost is kind of a cool name for a band though there's already a band called ghost but, um, <laughs> Ghost. I they had to actually. There's a band I liked called Ghost, but they had to change their name because there's some other band called Ghost, so they changed it to Ghost BC. Should they just call themselves Ghost Ghost. That's really funny. <laughs> but yeah, so a poltergeist is seen more of a force rather yeah. than an actual embodiment, like yeah, and like it a regular can, ghost. And it can often be a collection of ghosts. That's the yeah. That's the sort of the spiritualists' view is that it's low level ghosts that have been either around so long that they have gone crazy or just have so much hate in them when they die and so much vengeance that they become this force. That's the way they do it in Supernaturals. You start off as a ghost and then because you haven't moved on, you start to go nuts, basically. And become a poltergeist. Yeah. Yeah. And you get more and more powerful the longer you stay. Yeah, I think that's like a a legit uh, belief from spiritualists. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's on the films like the films kind of do it the opposite like you take like Poltergeist yeah. and all these uh, Amityville kind of it's they portray it more like a Poltergeist is like an embryonic form of the ghost and then by the end it becomes an embodiment yeah it's but cool. the actual like the, the all the folks lore and spiritualist beliefs would point to the complete opposite yeah, it's yeah. usually, it's never, like, a specific ghost. Yeah, it's just, you, you never see it. Like, and, yeah, it's more... Because it is, isn't it, Poltergeist, it's the chairs keep stacking and stuff in the kitchen. That's brilliant. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. I need to watch that film again. Well, the, the Poltergeist, in Poltergeist, the Poltergeist is really playful to begin with. Yeah, yeah. It's it's fantastic. It's so good. Because it's having fun with the family when, like, the mother realize like, you put the child down and the child will just slide along the kitchen. Yeah, and it will, the poltergeist will... But I love that, because in every other film, it's like nobody believes somebody because the ghost only does it to one person. In yeah. poltergeist, from the get-go, once that happens, she brings the husband in, and she puts the kid down. And she's like, and check it, this out. Yeah. And he just does it straight away. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Yeah, it's and the kid, Carol Ann, so fucking good in it as well. Yeah. 
you know about the poltergeist, the cursed, like the the it was actually died, didn't she? Yeah, and the older sister was like murdered by her boyfriend in oh, her yeah. driveway, like a year after the film came out. Crazy. Uh, and there's loads of shit, like um, loads of accidents happened on the set, and because they used in you know in the finale when the skeletons come up through the like oh, yeah, they're yeah. real they're real skeletons because <laughs> <laughs> it was cheaper they rented them from a university. Oh yeah. Um, so when she's like drowning in all the skeletons, they're just they're actually, that's real human remains. Human remains. Jesus Christ! Yeah. And apparently also, the idea is that they actually disturbed real spirits making. Yeah, them yeah. So I like, I like this story at least. I like that idea. But it's funny because um, oh yeah, and that's a thing. Poltergeists do seem to latch onto a child, like not just in the yeah. film, but that's always been in the in the canon. I guess. Yeah, it's, it's something like like being innocent is easier to engage with yeah something. a lot of parapsychologists actually believe that whereas like poltergeists might not be a supernatural force it might actually be evidence of telekinetic power in adolescence that you lose yeah. as you get older maybe oh okay yeah. um, which again i don't like i don't believe but that's an interesting that's a theory, cool theory. Yeah, yeah. and i like that's somebody pursuing an actual scientific explanation at least because there's yeah. long been theories it's that always you, children are involved in it a lot but there's long been theories that there is senses you could lose as you get older and we know that our eyesight we we see our it's a spectrum of light we can see with the human eye changes yeah. as we get older like kids can see light that we couldn't even perceive now like yeah. um so it's at least pursuing something an answer and i like that no yeah it's an interesting that's a really interesting theory i like that because usually like when there is interactions and that it is usually children involved in it some way whether they're the ones that see the ghosts yeah it's like ghosts usually first appear to children and you know the th- typical thing is you move into a house and your kid is like talking to their imaginary friend but it turns out it's actually the a ghost in the house and uh, you know yeah, that's yeah. a real typical story yeah yeah like the, just the thing with exorcist with captain howdy yeah and yeah. what's the oh it's really cre- in amityville you see, that's where I'm like in Amityville, where I'm like, why did you not think there was something wrong straight away in that film? Because she, her imaginary friend is like a pig. And it's like, it's just she, the way she describes it, it sounds like there's a fucking demon there. Like, oh, yeah. um, <laughs> we need to get them to a psychologist straight away. Um, and I think the devil pig then makes an appearance in it. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, how long, just going to that, if you had a kid, like, like kid, you're, you have a kid and have an imaginary friend and you're like okay it's normal yeah I'd be totally cool about it if you moved into a new house with your wife and yeah. she starts saying like oh the doors are slamming and blah 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 and then after a few months it keeps up and then she says she saw a figure hovering yeah. over a tree would you do the classic movie thing and just be like oh, you're seeing things doll oh completely yeah i'd be a fucking arsehole about it oh no but legit <laughs> would you would you would you if somebody you actually you know have been with for a decade nearly or yeah. a decade probably and are married to would you not give them the benefit of the doubt that there's some either they actually have a brain clot or, <laughs> or the house is haunted yeah, if it started getting very bad, I'd be more worried that it's her, not yeah, so yeah. much the house. And especially if it was, she was saying the doors were slamming, and I was there and didn't hear them. 
you know yeah yeah if there's clearly but if you can but then you you can like disprove her claims almost yeah but if you can't actually disprove it if um it's hard um well it's it kind of says like it depends on how well you know because like if you know somebody if you know somebody really well you should believe you should be able to believe them on it because you should know yeah yeah well they wouldn't but I would also be the kind of like ask just your imagination <laughs> a little bit like you know I guess to de- a point there's a point where it, it becomes a problem like yeah, yeah. well I guess it depends like there's people there's well probably only one ex I can think of who I would have said would have believed in that sort of stuff so okay. if she if I say moved into a house with her and she was saying this I'd be like she's very much predisposed to it so she's talking shit yeah yeah but with somebody who felt the way I feel and they like it, like if me and you if we live together. We live together. Or your uncle leaves, well, we have to spend the night in a haunted house. If you saw stuff, I'd be like, oh, maybe there's something going on here. Cause yeah, yeah. He won't be inclined to believe in this shite. In fact, I would think that if you saw something, you probably wouldn't say anything to me. Like, See, that's so, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I won't either. I'd be like, oh, no. I'll, I'll sound crazy if I say it. I'll just be like, ah, oh, Johnny wouldn't believe me. Um, so if for some reason you did say it or you let it slip or I just happened to like see you reacting to something, then I'd probably question it myself. I, I won't yeah. question you. I'd yeah. It, see, it depends on the... Yeah... In like the typical thing in films is you know they spend there's a point where you're like why don't you just fucking leave yeah but in so many ways you probably wouldn't like you know what I mean that's you yeah it would have to get to the point where it's really bad where you try to leave but at that point the power has grown and they're yeah. to lock the door and you can't get out or whatever you know that's the kind of thing see that's the thing and I guess we'll get to this in another episode because we're veering into possession then. Yeah, but yeah. by the time by that ending, it's usually when the ghost has because the ghosts typically can't quite finish the job themselves. Yeah, so they normally like try and torment somebody to the point where they want where you want to kill me. Yeah, yeah, or something, or whatever. They break down your psyche enough that they're able to possess you, and then yeah, yeah. come after me, or I go after you, or to make you think that you have to kill me to stop them, or. Or you, you become attached to the ghosts, so you, yeah, we, they're whispering. We, we in have your, to stay here, kind of thing. They're whispering in your ear, like we need a sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need a sacrifice. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> well, it's kind of like ghosts are usually portrayed more because th- that'd be the demonic thing, and that's the thing. Like Amityville is more demonic, but yeah. ghosts are more portrayed as just being tormentors. Like they don't really have an end game. No. They're doing stuff like Supernatural because they need to continue the stories into, you know, other episodes and stuff. But if you like yeah. most like her movies, you know, three act films, it's more their job is just to torment the humans. Yeah. To, yeah. Like it might be the simple thing of getting them out of the house. Like the, the yeah, ghost there owns this house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's usually like your typical episode of Supernatural where it's a ghost in a house, which they've done so many episodes of it, but they always have different twists on it and things like that. But the typical thing is there's a ghost in the house. It's trying to get the people out of the house because it wants to live in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the two guys come into the house and they start fighting the ghosts. So they become more aggressive. Mm. And then they end up, whatever, finding the object that they're attached to or their bones. And then they salt and burn them. And then the ghosts are 
dissolved and it's yeah, solved. Yeah. And that's like your typical yeah. Thing. yeah. That's why I stopped watching Supernatural because <laughs> they did it like ten <laughs> times a season. The twentieth like. time I saw them stand at the end, it ended with them standing over a grave and just throwing a match down. I was like, oh, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and that was that was five or six seasons ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's a. Uh, but yeah, like that's the typical thing. It's either a uh, possessed object or, a, or yeah, building yeah. it, or it's their bones, whatever. You know. Well, from there, do you want to go into some famous hauntings? Yeah, absolutely. The Borley Rectory. Have you heard of this place? You probably have, and just maybe not, maybe not like a lot about it. But it's the yeah. the most haunted place in England. Oh, okay. Um, I assume American listeners know what a rectory is. Do they have rectories in in American? So. It's a priest house, anyway. Cost nothing to explain it. Priests wreck their shit up. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so the legend is that the nearby church to the rectory was once a monastery, going back like twelfth century. Yeah, and a nun allegedly eloped with a monk. Oh, filthy! And the monk was hung. And the woman, and that's why she married him. <laughs> and the the woman bricked up alive in the convent oh uh, yeah in uh like the house the fall of the house of usher uh now there doesn't seem to be any evidence of this <laughs> ever happened yeah. uh, right x-ray in walls nope 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 yeah <laughs> but the reverend who built the rectory the rectory anyway in 1800 he thought it probably happened and he wasn't put off by it he was actually thought it was kind of cool so he built <laughs> he had the porch of the rectory built to face the woods where she was meant to haunt so he might be able to get a glimpse of her when he's having his morning smoke <laughs> that's really funny yeah I like this guy <laughs> um, he's I just like, like cool like which I I, th- I would be more inclined to be like that too like I'd yeah, love yeah. to see a ghost yeah none would make me happier than seeing some mad ghost once it's not like a poltergeist haunting my house constantly trying to kill me but yeah. if I was like in a cemetery or something and I saw, like, an undeniable ghost. Yeah. I'd, I'd be, be delighted. Like, I'd be, that's cool as shit. I'd be like, I'm not telling anyone. Oh, no, I won't, <laughs> I won't tell anybody. Right, no, I'd select specific people to tell. Yeah. I'd probably tell it as a story, like, I might have seen something once, but, you know, it was probably just an old man wearing all white. Maybe he's off to a fancy dress party and he was going as an old black and white character. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he could fly. And... <laughs> <laughs> But in my head, I'd be like, I, I know it definitely was a ghost, and that's yeah. fine, and that's cool. But anyway, so the house stayed in this guy's family for uh, maybe 50, 60 years or something. I don't know. The Bull family was their name. It's not a Catholic priest, so he can marry. So he never saw anything, which is unfortunate. Yeah. He was the one the one who <laughs> would have been really happy with it. Yeah. But apparently, like, his son, when he took over as reverend with his family, the hauntings increased and kind of continued to do so. One of the wives of, I think it was still a member of the Bull family, found a woman's skull in a closet in the basement. (laughs) Okay. Which is definitely a strange thing to find in your house. Um, So they consulted Harry Price to do some investigating. Do you know who Harry Price is? I've heard the name. Um, I, I first came across my ma got me a book about like... It was one of those, you used to see them where they were in like, you'd actually see them in Euro stores quite a bit. Not Euro stores, but whatever. They'd have books where it'd be like 10, like mobsters, and I'd just have like 10, 10 sort of shorts about 
fucking Al Capone and Sam Giovanna and oh, whoever. Yeah, yeah. It was always like tabloidish stuff, like mobsters or like UFOs or all time conspiracies or stuff. Yeah. And I got one about like just myths and monsters or something. And there was a thing yeah. about ghosts. There was a whole uh, section about Harry Price that was really good. But he was essentially the original Darren Brown. Oh, right. uh, that might be a bad reference for American listeners because he's not that popular. In- Very popular enough, I think. Um, but anyway, he, he debunked a lot of he debunked a lot of photos of ghosts that I still like the exact same photos I still see my friends post on Facebook as fact. Oh yeah, yeah. He debunked them in the twenties. Yeah, but he wasn't like he wasn't just a skeptic. Like he wasn't just some dickhead who came in and just went no, no, no. He wasn't like Dawkins. Like yeah, yeah. He uh, genuinely wanted to. He 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 hoped that the supernatural thing was true, and he yeah. believed in it. But he demanded evidence for it. Did he investigate the fairies the girls photographed? That might have been too early to be price. But he definitely yeah. around that period he debunked a bunch of shit. Yeah. Um. He he done the Darren Brown thing where he 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 was the first one to write about cold reading, and yeah. he would go on whole seances and then show how they were faked and all oh, this. Okay, yeah, and yeah. people used to deny it. Then people used to say, oh, I think Harry Price just doesn't realise how much of a gifted medium he is. <laughs> like, <they're, laughs> which I've seen people do that to Darren Brown too. Yeah, yeah. I've seen Darren Brown do this with like, and it was the cast of fucking Hollyoaks or something like that, where he showed them how cold reading was done, and he read this one's future, and he talked about her grandmother and all this, and at her interview at the end she's like oh man I think Darren's incredible I think no matter what he says he's he's got powers beyond this world <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's and like he, he just told you he doesn't yeah, uh, yeah he explained yeah. everything about how he done it but um, <laughs> but yeah so Harry Price got that treatment too but he yeah. genuinely like he believed in it so like he was even accused sometimes of being too gullible with certain stuff yeah um, but in that but when you actually read like his, his own writings about it it doesn't seem like he's gullible. He just like he always went with the the, the spiritualist belief because oh, yeah. like there was a thing. Well, we get to it, but yeah, there's stuff. He he just he he done everything by the books the way the spiritualists would because if that's the way you're meant to do it to summon a ghost, if you oh, want okay, to disprove yeah. it, of course you have you have to do it the what they claim is the right way at least. If yeah, you yeah, are yeah, going to disprove it, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good weird. approach. It's like he was accused of taking it too serious in in order to debunk it. But I think okay, that's... Yeah. But to debunk it, you have to take, like... Yeah. He couldn't walk in there and be just like, no, not true. That's a load of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He'd just be an asshole. Like it's, like, it's like he got in trouble for doing it the right way. Um, <laughs> but apparently, when Price arrived to the house, the ghost uh, haunt, or the, the poltergeist activity... The rectory, yeah. Yeah, but the poltergeist the activity of this poltergeist, uh, he kicked it up a notch, like, once Price arrived. Oh, wow, okay. Which, yeah, normally would be kind of the opposite. When the guy that can debunk it arrives, all of a sudden the ghost is quiet. Yeah. But he kind of thought they were playing it up for him, like... But he, he ended up spending, essentially, going back and forth, he spent years kind of coming and going. Yeah. And you could never disprove anything because it was always like it's the problem with most fucking ghost sightings. Always somebody felt like they were being pushed or felt like they were being choked. Yeah, and there's nobody yeah. actually being assaulted. Like it's, people always feeling shit. But there was a lot of stuff being thrown around and things moved. But it was always that thing where nobody was in the room when it happened. You'd come in and there was yeah. a table had crashed against the wall. Yeah, but nobody was there to actually see 
who done it. <laughs> it was like, have you seen the? But he thought there was an elaborate hoax going on where like it's yeah, actually yeah. like fucking fishing reel and stuff like that. Oh, okay, yeah, but he yeah. could never prove that either. But this was only with that family anyway. So he he had no luck and left, and it continues. Well, you were going to say something there. Sorry, I'd... no. Just as you were saying like that, uh, have you seen the? Is it Louis Theroux where he follows around uh, this guy who's a paranormal investigator? Have uh, you seen that? I no, it's I a good few years old now. But there's a moment where they go into this lady's house, and there's this old priest who's like blind, and he's an exorcist, all this kind of stuff, and he goes into the house. And she's just talking about hearing all these mad noises in the middle of the night and all this kind of stuff. And Lee Thoreau's just standing there and the camera cuts between his face just kind of going, uh, what? And the cameraman then just showing shots of like the four cats she has, like hopping around the sitting room and then back to his face. And he's just like, yeah, so you hear noises. And, and he just looks at her and he goes, so you hear all these noises at night? Yeah. She's like, yeah, I don't know what it is. And he's just like, okay. And the camera just cuts back to the cats. And stuff. <laughs> and it's just like, just as you were saying, uh, hearing all these kind of noises like there's always some kind of simple explanation that people just overlook and yeah well that's it it's the overlooking of the actual explanations like I remember going on this date with a girl once and she started talking about ghosts I so I checked out instantly I was like okay I can afford to ruin this like because she's <laughs> I've been talking to her for 15 minutes and she's talking about all the ghosts she's seen which I always find funny that the only people I know that have seen ghosts are also the same people who are the only people I know who've seen UFOs so <laughs> how can you be so lucky that only that you have seen both of these extreme uh, paranormal events that nobody else yeah. has seen <laughs> but anyway no she was telling me and it was some simple thing like some fucking painting of her granddad had flew off the wall yeah on the stairs and I I just you just knew by the way she was telling us like yeah, wind wind knocked down the painting that's all or it was it, you know it just yeah, fell yeah. off the hint because it's been up there well, apparently it blew but it was that thing that uh, oh so it blew so like the wind's like oh well, there's no windows open it's like and it's always that thing that, like you never they never set up the story with like so I was in the house and I closed all the windows and then this painting it's always like once you <laughs> yeah, question yeah. stuff oh well there was none of this and then it's like oh maybe from the attic no no the attic's locked it's like, no, nobody, I, I, or the did attic was check? locked. How would you know that? I don't know. I couldn't tell you if my attic's locked now. <laughs> like, yeah, did you I, check that? I, I go up there so rarely. But anyway, I made the point to her that what I think could have happened there was maybe the windows were closed, but at some point they would have been open. So maybe like days beforehand, dude, there was a window open and a cat came in, right? And you yeah. know, cats tend to like hide in houses. Maybe the cat was in your house for days. And then it cl- just on this day, I happened to jump back up to the windowsill knocked down the painting as it as it climbed up the painting fell then the cat pried the window open as it left a gust of wind blew the window closed and the window slammed shut and she was like yeah that's ridiculous it's like i know of course it's ridiculous but wind exists (laughs) windows open and cats exists and cats come into houses so all those things i just said can possibly happen yeah yeah. there's evidence to back up that even though it's a it's an absolutely ridiculous scenario yet it makes more sense than yours. But that's the Sherlock Holmes logic of, what is it, whatever is... Uh, the most illogical and con- inconceivable, if it's the only possibility that remains, then it must be possible. Or, I'm, I can't mm. remember the exact phrasing. Yeah, but my point just being that at least... But it's, it's like logic people call you closed-minded when you don't believe in them for stuff like that. And then they will say, but you're using logic, it's still ridiculous. Like, but you're being closed-minded to actual <laughs> logic. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's an actual possible... It's ridiculous. Of course it's ridiculous. Yeah. But possible. Like, all those things can happen. Yeah. 
uh, I sorry, it's kind of away from the topic, but no, no, it's a nice rant. <laughs> again, open to the, all all those beliefs, but you got to be open to other solutions. You gotta you gotta give back a little when you yeah you can't when you make those kind of claims. Yeah, you can't just decide it just this way. But people see people people choose to believe. That's what it, they choose yeah. to believe, and like there is a lot of a lot of. I know we'll get into it a lot more when we do possession next week, or, uh, but there's a lot of like that. Somebody is grieving, or they're using it to handle get through a loss, or get through a traumatic experience of some kind. They're putting their hopes and emotions on things like this, and it, some it can be really hard to reason with people. Sometimes, mostly people go through their entire life, have believe it from kind of day one. Yeah, yeah. Um, when people start dealing with mediums and stuff like that, it's normally going through a loss. But the yeah. person that typically just believes a ghost can haunt a place typically just believes in it. There's no. It's more a thing about look. The, most things we do as humans, we do them for two reasons. Yeah, to survive out of survival instinct. So we cook, we work, all of that to survive. Yeah. We go on YouTube and we watch videos and we do podcasts. And we do all that stuff to distract us from death. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of when it can be brought down to it. That's the two reasons humans do anything. Yeah. And I think the belief in like ghosts and that is just a, a really another extreme of the distraction from death. That yeah. It's adding on, not just a distraction, but it's like uh, a belief that, oh, well, there's definitely something else after because I saw a ghost. Yeah, it's fear of the unknown manifesting in fear of. You're so afraid of nothing that you create something. It's, it's kind of hard to describe it. Because um, it's better to be afraid of the the embodiment of a soul than be afraid of the unknown. Because yeah. you've proved, like, if you believe in that, then there's proof that there's something. You don't need to be afraid of the unknown anymore. Yeah, it's to replace the fear of the unknown, I guess. Yeah, yeah. With a fear of the, the And known. if there's evil, there must be good. You know, it's that kind of... Well, but that's the thing, a lot of the people, a lot of the, the people really into, go, you know, your OK Magazine reader who believes in all the ghost stories that are in it, typically to them, oh, ghosts can never hurt you and they're peaceful oh, yeah, yeah. spirits, but they're just confused and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to get back to uh, <laughs> the uh, Borley Rectory, just because it links into oh, that. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the, the last of the Bull family left in 1929, um, or maybe they left before it, but anyway, uh, it was empty for about a year. And then in 1930, uh, Reverend Foister and his wife, Marianne moved in. And while they were there for the five years, they were there from 1930 to 35. Yeah. The hauntings became really violent. Wow. Mostly towards Marianne. She was attacked regularly. Oh. Always now, whereas it was, everybody was always showing up. Oh, I felt somebody choke me and all this. Marianne was constantly showing up with like bruises. Although, and so Price gets back involved at this point. Those terrible ghosts. Um, yeah, like she was just <laughs> walking into doors. Ghosts were falling downstairs. Um, yeah. That's how it sounds, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. <laughs> but then it gets weirder. And apparently, I think Price might have been there for this. The daughter was locked in a room by herself she had a young daughter and she a ghost locked her into a room or something and then messages started appearing on the wall wow and they're all like warnings towards Marianne so then the question came to you see first people thought Marianne might have been doing it herself yeah then Price thought is she subconsciously doing it herself okay. as a cry for help maybe is that what's going on yeah which sounds that was and that's what i thought yeah but then yeah. the husband because the man of god remember that he tries to actually do an exorcism so he actually believes in it yeah yeah 
Uh, and apparently, while he was doing the second exorcism, a rock flies through the window and knocks him out cold. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the Daily, the Daily Mirror got wind of this, and it just blew up. We had this uh, media storm. And so there was, yeah, everyone suspect Marianne was involved, either consciously or subconsciously. The yeah. subconscious thing pointed toward why she was there spousal abuse going on yeah, and was yeah. a cry for help. And that's a recurrent thing. Like when you, you never hear it mentioned, but when you look in a lot of those cases, it's yeah. normally a woman, it's always a wife. It kind of happens to first. And anytime yeah. there's violence, it typically is towards the woman. It does seem like the psychological yeah. cry for help. Exorcisms. More often than not, it seems like it's a, a child that's been abused. I was... I was going to get this in the Louis Thoreau thing. I'm sorry, but there's a lot of hints about that. And I was saying, oh, I was thinking, we'll save that for the next episode. It turned out it wasn't actually the husband. That yeah. was completely created by, well, Price might have suspected some of that. Turned out the wife yeah. was actually having an affair with a lodger. And she created the uh, ghost <laughs> stories as an alibi. So the bruises were probably sex bruises. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> They were into a bit of the rough stuff. Yeah. Which is mental that she created this. So the person who threw a rock through windows is probably the lodger. Yeah. <laughs> Stop the husband from causing, having an exorcism. Well, I'm sure it was just planned, but also like, what? So she locked, that thing with the kid means she locked her kid. In, but I assume that was like, she wanted to go have a quickie with the lodger. So she locked the kid in the room. So the kid like, had a tantrum. <laughs> well, I assume she just locked it in. So it was like, he couldn't, the kid wouldn't see anything that he could go yeah, back yeah. and be telling the, or she could be going back and telling the, Uh, but um, but that's just (laughs) it's just funny because obviously it's one thing you'd never yeah but you first uh, think oh the woman's a victim of some kind but then actually yeah (laughs) she's just a bitch bitch. don't embarrass the 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 husband like just just leave him at the like if you're going to do something like that don't make up the paranormal (laughs) story (laughs) just add an extra humiliation to him yeah but it's not like she met, because you would never just create that story as an alibi. It's like, they were in a house that already had a history with these yeah, hauntings. Yeah, oh, so this would be, like, oh, oh, I have a cool idea. Yeah. But, did you know what that is? It's, she's like, getting dressed, and then she's like, oh, looking in the mirror, going, you gave me a hickey. And he's like, oh, sorry. She's like, ah, sure, I'll tell my husband it was that ghost that you heard stories about a few years ago in this house. Yeah. And they go, oh, yeah. <laughs> A month later, it's just escalated the lie so yeah, much. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, well, we're pretty much over. So she had the affair yeah. or whatever. But in 1937, Price, Price considered that. He was just like, well, that was a waste of time, that five years. But he still yeah. maintained everything beforehand. Pointed, to something. Yeah, pointed yeah. to something. So he still wanted to investigate. But as well, it's probably, how, so, do you, how do you distinguish the things she set up to the things that really happened as well? I think you he, he, he kind of had to, just, he wrote off 30 to 35 as just oh, okay, yeah, non-event because yeah. it was just, because there was, everything was called into question once. Again, like he'd done the yeah, scientific yeah. thing where you just have to cancel that. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is why he spent fucking 16 years on the place. Um <laughs> But he still wrote about it, but he just, he didn't consider anything to happen there as fact, really, for that period. But so in 37, he just decided to rent the place out himself (laughs) for a year. And he conducted an investigation for that year. And this is where all those films like The Haunted and that book comes from, because he put out an ad in the Times. 
Yeah. And it read, Haunted House, Responsible Persons for Leisure and in- of Leisure and Intelligence. Uh, intrepid, critical and unbiased are invited to join a rota of observers in a year's night and day investigation of an alleged haunted house. Um, printed instructions supplied scientific training or ability to operate simple instruments in advantage house situated in lonely hamlet so own car is essential um, and he had 48 people he had hundreds and hundreds of people apply he brought down to 48 people I would fucking love that job yeah for a year <laughs> now wasn't it you didn't have to stay there but you had to do like I think it was like four days a week maybe and oh, there was man. a rota that'd be fucking great job if anybody out there wants to pay me to do that job. Let's go on Craigslist, see if there's any. <laughs> Just be some <laughs> creepy man. <laughs> um, like Tusk or something. Yeah. But, yeah, I just love that ad. He sounds like, he sounds like a cool guy. Though. <laughs> <laughs> you know in, a, in um, Sleepy Hollow, the Tim Burton version, where yeah. Johnny Depp has all his instruments? Yeah, 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 that's yeah. all Harry Pro- taken from Harry, Pro- Harry Price. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Um, but yeah, while there were the 48 people that had uh, seances and stuff, and they contacted a woman through like an Ouija board. Oh, I don't know if it was a Ouija board, but anyway, uh, this woman claimed to have been murdered and buried in the cellar, at least through yeah. the prism of the, the medium they were speaking to. And then another spirit warned them that the house would be burned down and might reveal something. Hmm. But nothing ever happened. For the next year, anyway, and Price yeah. finished up his investigation. And he's pretty much done with it. He'd written a book at this point. Yeah. But he'd write a second book on it because just a few months after he left, the guy that was moving in, the guy that had bought it, yeah. uh, knocked over a lamp oh. and the house burnt down. Oh, Jesus. And Price returned because the place no, I've, the place was completely destroyed. Yeah. Well, like the way Wayne Manor is in Batman V, you know, where yeah. the, the walls are all that's left. So Price returned just out of curiosity. He had dismissed everything. So he returned just out of curiosity now that everything was destroyed. Uh, it was being kind of, es- I don't know if it was being excavated, but it was easy to get to the cellar anyway yeah, yeah. and dig it up. And he just, out of curiosity, had a, held a little dig and he found bones of a woman <sighs> in the cellar. But they weren't actually sure if they were or not. Some people thought they might be pig bones. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But he decided just to be sure he gave it, gave it a Christian burial and he just closed the book on it. Wow. But, uh, yeah, an interesting ending, though. Yeah, yeah. Probably bullshit. Probably pig bones. But, yeah. But I like it as an ending. It's a great story. But people still, they're still sightings. Because that's the thing, like, ghost stories. So now is it just a rune? Yeah, it's still there. I think maybe it's been... It might have been renovated. I was going to say, wouldn't you totally like buy it and do it up? But it's funny. With, ghost stories never end. Even when they... All the famous ghost hunters get rid of the spirit. Yeah. Everybody still likes a ghost story. So people are always seeing stuff. So even though that's meant to be the end of the ghost story. They, they, yeah, yeah. That, that's like supernatural burning the bones. He found the bones of the woman haunting it. Yeah. Done. Buried them. Gave yeah. a Christian burial. Done. Yeah. Everybody that goes there sees a ghost. Still, to these well, she must have been Jewish or <laughs> Muslim or Hindu. They just or don't. <laughs> they just don't. Well, she was. In, if it's the same one, she was a nun, though. I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, well, no, because it's not her because she was meant to be in the walls. In the wall in in the actual convent, which isn't even near the place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's just it's just funny how they never end. Yeah, that no, um, was a cool story, though. 
Then you have one of the most. We're not going. This there's much to say about this, but I do like one of the most. Oh, also Harry Price did broadcast the first ever ghost hunt on BBC Radio as well. Oh, that's you can get it on YouTube. <laughs> but one of the most famous haunt, or probably the most famous house in the world. So you'd assume it's the most famous haunted house. Yeah, the White House. <laughs> haunted by loads of ghosts in Washington DC. Yeah, there's. I don't have much to say about that. Just that it's haunted. Like, I think it's. Lynn, no, one of the first ladies is is one of the big sightings, and then there's oh, okay. a few like diplomats who might have visited the place. Apparently, yeah, for so, even though you didn't die there, but for some reason, you know, there's such a draw to go back there. But Lincoln's the big one. Oh yeah, the, uh, Churchill claims claimed to have seen Lincoln. <laughs> of course he did. But his husband, he was staying during the war. He was staying in the White House. Yeah, and. He was hell- <laughs> He had his evening bath and he was walking back into his room naked, having a cigar, and he says Lincoln was sitting on a chair by the fire, warming his hands, and just met his gaze, and Churchill just said to him, Mr President, you seem to have me at a disadvantage. <laughs> and then Lincoln just smiled and poofed and left. <laughs> That's such a yeah a Churchill, Churchill too, yeah. That's brilliant. <laughs> well he was serious like he wasn't joking, he was dead serious because apparently he he was into like spiritualism and all that. Yeah. Do you want to stick with some famous hauntings or just go straight to like the sort of like how to defeat them? Um, give me one more. Uh, well, do you want to talk about Amityville, maybe? Yeah, yeah. We can talk about this quick. Um, yeah, yeah. So, because this is, I think this is a more uh, 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 definite hoax. Okay, yeah. So, do you, so Amityville, you're more familiar with the film, but have forgotten it, essentially. Yeah. So, but you know the based on the true story thing people talk about? Yeah, yeah. Cause, so, the film's adapted from a novel. Now, emphasis on the word novel. Okay. Now, a novel doesn't mean fiction. There's true crime novel. Novel is just yeah, okay, a, yeah, yeah. a book. But they call it a novel, not a true crime novel. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah. Um, because it is a made-up story based on some claims. Even the writer says it's adapted from the Lutz family's story. Oh, okay, so yeah, it's yeah. A, And the film is adapted from the book so and a lot of people have these memories of all this shit that happens in the film like oh apparently it's a true story like the house caved in on them it's like no like but there is a true story or an alleged true yeah, story yeah. there but it's just not what is in the film is That's it based on true events the same way Fargo is <laughs> um, <laughs> probably not even as much <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um there's a place called Amity and there's a place called Fargo. Yeah. No, like, I, I guess it's certainly based more on truth in that all the people involved are real people. Okay. And the backstory is true. But it's very much like The Conjuring and all the, the other films where it's just mass exaggerations. Oh, of course. But anyway, so there is a, the, the, there is a very, very true and... Uh, creepy background to it where the, the first residence of the house was in 74 was the, the, the Fio family and one night there's six of them in the family okay. one night of them five, one night five of them were shot dead with okay. a shotgun blast all bodies were found with their face down in their beds yeah meaning 
the fifth person to die heard four shots beforehand and never left her bed. Oh, uh, okay, or looked up. Yeah, yeah, which is ridiculously creepy. Yeah, yeah. And it transpired that it was Ronald, the VO, the son, who shot his parents and his siblings. Wow. Yeah, so that is instantly, that's a really creepy situation. Because what happened? Like, you just went, what happened there? Yeah, why didn't anyone jump, get out of bed or... Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Everybody was essentially shot in the same position. Yeah. I don't even understand how, like, the first two, like, say his parents... I don't know the order, but let's say, for sake of argument, it was the parents. Yeah. How do you, like, your wife shot in bed? How do you not, like, jump up? How are you not shot sitting up and then fall out of the bed how are you both found in even, sleeping position like even if he moved the bodies it would still be obvious he moved the bodies like, yeah, I mean? yeah oh forensics would know that it's the 70s yeah, yeah. like yeah yeah no no they were, it was like they were executed asleep which that would be fine it. for one of them but it's the fact that and if it was a silencer like that's it if, if he had used a silencer on a handgun it'd make it, all of that it, would, would make the, sense the silencers but, are still really loud though <laughs> Have you heard of silencer though? I've seen loads of videos of them showing them that actually they're not that quiet. They're just quieter. the longer, well, you, the really long ones. Like they are pretty. So, they just don't sound like they don't do the they yeah, do yeah. in movies. Like. Yeah, yeah. But the point was, this is shotgun anyway. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's the backstory. So then this yeah. other the Lutz family moved in not too long after, like maybe a year after, because yeah. the place was going cheap. Yeah, it's like eighty grand. I think it's nine million today. <laughs> um, I went for 55 grand after the Lutz family moved out so <laughs> okay. um, so the Lutz family apparently so the first thing that happens is when they move in a priest comes to bless the place which yeah. is a normal thing to do but also like a oh, tragedy happened here yeah and apparently he when he was blessing one of the rooms he heard a get out <laughs> and left okay. um, and all these flies started buzzing this is what's in the film and yeah. the Lutz family claimed this happened now the priest says he's never at the house he only ever communicated with them through phone phone okay. calls oh, yeah. but there is an interview with him from a few years after where he did say he had been there and oh, okay. so it's weird but he just went back in the story but is it that sort of thing of there's a thing of with the Catholic churches they never admit to these things but they actually have people who specifically are exorcists and all you know there's all this kind of he wasn't even that he was just doing to bless a house which priests just do oh really yeah, I suppose uh, um, there'd be no reason he'd go back on anything it's just, it's just the fact that he acknowledged anything to begin with is the weird part yeah yeah but well it also like the story is he heard the get out and then like didn't tell the family oh okay but just told them not to like put uh, not to use that bedroom or something yeah, yeah so I don't know where like if he didn't tell them he heard the, this voice say get out and then he went back on this story like who where does that come from originally that yeah, he heard yeah. get but anyway so anyway it's the general ghost story thing all these creepy stuff start happening uh, the the da started growing a beard. Apparently, that's <laughs> the 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 shooter. The the Theo guy had a beard. I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> Jesus, wake up one morning with a beard. Yeah, apparently, like in the Santa Claus. Actually, yeah, because they're apparently only there for twenty eight days. In the Ryan Gosling version of the film, that's quite, that's how I was only joking. I don't think that's in the original. But in the Ryan Gosling film, he starts to start to look more like the killer. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And he's been drove. It's like the shine. He's been drove driven mad and he's going to kill his family 
Yeah. But then things like yeah, they're only meant to have stayed there 28 days. So, like, the full beard he has by the end of it, I don't know. Yeah. Don't know if even Ryan Gosling has that much testosterone. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, it's just really stupid stuff shows up. So, in the film, in the basement, there's this... He breaks down a wall, and behind it, there's this red room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and everybody thinks that's true, and they say, oh, yeah, that really happened. But when you actually read their account, the red room is a little closet underneath the stairs in the basement, and it's creepy. And there was, like, uh, it was painted red or something. And apparently what makes it creepy is it wasn't in the original plans for the house. Oh, okay. There's a little crawl space outside my room there that's not in the plans for this house because all the houses on this block are the same house. None of the others have it. It's just the angle ours was built at. There was a little bit of spare space and it looked weird. So they put a door on it and called it a closet. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That just happens. There's loads of stuff. I don't know why that's creepy. Like there's stuff that you should paint it red. Yeah. There's stuff, it's really annoying, cause, and it's clearly just a mistake, because the door, you know the room I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. The door's about maybe two metres high. No, maybe a metre. Yeah. But if you go inside, it's about five. Wow. So it's clearly wasn't planned, because like, the door, you can't actually do anything with the room in there. It's just like, uh, we'll just put a door on it, and it's what door they had, and it was just... Right, you'll have to show this to me now. <laughs> yeah, it's so awkward. We, we do have stuff in there, but it's like, it's really annoying that there's actually loads of space in there. You just can't make use of it, because you can't get <laughs> in the door. Like, <laughs> But yeah, so they keep pointing to, to shit like that as being odd, and it's just like, that's just really normal stuff. To me, it really seems like they some money in it from the day one like after the tragedy that happened they yeah. moved in with the idea of making this up this story yeah um the kid apparently had an imaginary friend it's, it, it, it this pig lucy i think it's it called it and that's portrayed as being really creepy in the film i've seen stuff where the kid doesn't ha- doesn't remember and the kid was very young but yeah she yeah. doesn't remember that Sounds like the parents made up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like you were saying earlier, if your kid starts saying that, you're like, no, that's a fucking demon you're describing, <laughs> not an imaginary friend. But they uh, they also like talked about, you know, apparently like all this black black stuff started growing on the walls and stuff. Yeah. So that's that's a mold pro- mold problem. That's, yeah, yeah, that's just mold. <laughs> um, then they started talking about all these the the flies showing up even in the winter, and it's like. Well, considering you, you have a mold problem you think is supernatural, so you're obviously not doing anything about that. I imagine there's other filthy shit going on in your house. It sounds like they just weren't hygienic. <laughs> yeah, like that could be, there's a dead bird in the attic or or in the yeah, chimney yeah. or something and the, this flies have come out of it now. The rotting carcass. Like <laughs> so they, so they made, a lot of the claims were just the same as any, like there's no point going into them. It's not yeah, too yeah. unlike the rectory. But the film has added this mythos that uh, the father was going crazy and tried to kill the wife, and they had to. He then he ended up fighting a demon, and all you know that he had to confront a demon in the basement, and he had to destroy the red room. And that's none of that is even remotely true. But what did happen was right. So the lawyer, or no, I can't even remember. Apparently, over a few bottles of wine every anyway. The guy that wrote the book and the Lutz family essentially yeah. came up with the story. He, The writer himself later admitted to this, that they just made it up. Yeah, yeah. And then the 
there that was the writer and the lawyer of the DeFeo guy who was looking for a retrial or no his trial was just still ongoing because it had only been a year he encouraged the Lutz family to go ahead with this too oh, because he actually tried to use it as a defence as a defence for his client as well yeah um <laughs> But then in comes the Warren family. Have you? Do you know who the Warrens are? No. Ed, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Funnily enough, they're. Uh, I didn't. Say, I was waiting for this. They are. Remember, I said the Conjuring and the sequels follow the family that investigate. Or the. Oh yeah, yeah. The Warren family are them. The investigators. Yeah. You ever heard the film Annabelle, or even about the cursed doll Annabelle? Yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, the Warren family were the investigators on that too. <laughs> okay. On all these true stories. Ed Warren, who is a self-taught demonologist, and Lorraine Warren, who is a medium, a clairvoyant, I'm not oh, sure, okay, yeah. seem to pop up quite a lot investigating these ridiculous yeah, yeah. claims and adding to them. Uh, but yeah, so they showed up to investigate after the Lutz family moved out. And... It was them that sort of brought forth, because he's a demonologist, and they're, they're Christian, they come from, from a very Christian place. So every <laughs> ghost story, nor, any ghost haunting yeah. that they're involved with, it normally comes back around having something got to do with a demonic force. Of course. Because I guess it goes back to the thing like believing in ghosts is counter to the whole Christian thing, so they try and... Turn it around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Must that was the same with demons. the, with the conjuring, the first conjuring that turned out the ghost... Well, it was because it was a witch that was executed and it was, it turned out, like it was, they were essentially saying that a woman, an actual woman that was actually hung for being a witch as in a horrible thing to, could happen to somebody. Oh, it yeah. turned out they actually were a witch. Oh, uh, uh, of course. It's like, yeah, which yeah. is horribly offensive to, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, are we sorry? Yeah. And it was the same in, uh, the, the Conjuring 2, that's the Elfield Poltergeist, the, an yep. English one. Again, it turns out the ghost is actually in that is somebody who wants to leave, but they're under the control of a demon. Um, so it's the ghost is being haunted by the demon, and that's why they're acting out. Yeah, yeah, they're trying to defend themselves. Yeah, Annabelle, it's a possessed doll, so it's a demonic thing too. They try to turn. Um, so they always. I just want to point out it's really strange the way the light is coming into the room. It's highlighting the title on one of your books right behind you. Which can you can you turn around? Ritual by David. Uh, Pink. Oh, uh, Piner. Piner. It's like saying I need you need to read this book. <laughs> the light of God is coming in. That's uh, the room. Uh, the Wicker Man. It's the book. The Wicker Man's best. Oh yeah. Um, but it's just highlighting that book. Sorry. But yeah, so they uh, they felt all these presences while they were there. Uh, Lorraine was apparently pushed or felt like she was being pushed. They ha- had an exorcism, all the, the typical stuff. Yeah. But they discovered that the site of Amity, of the house in Amity, was once an Indian camp where, the, where sick people stayed. Yeah. More like chances are <laughs> a lot of places could be that. Uh, yeah. But then uh, there's no record of. Uh, like even like native, all the Native American uh, tribes in in that region in New York, yeah, uh, have said no. No, there was no. no we none of us have ever had anything in that general area. Um, but they insist. Oh no, it was. And there's literally. There's oh no, no it was. Record. It was an Indian burial ground. And then like people. No, nope, no record. We we keep records of this stuff. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> it's literally like saying, oh, this house was once a Catholic. If I said this house was once a Catholic church. 
and somebody from the Vatican came and said, no, no record of that. And I said, no, it was. Yeah. And then people believed me for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) And clearly this house has been like the last 20 years. (laughs) But then also in 90, the house was built in 24 by uh, apparently uh, a black magician called Ketchman, John Ketchman. Right. Ketchum, I think. Uh, and he wanted his remains to be buried there. And so he was possessed. He was the ghost, probably possessed by the demon, is the story. <laughs> okay. uh, the thing about him be- being a black magician is also really funny because it does seem like he had an interest in all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but what was considered black magic when he was a young man in the 1880s or whatever yeah. happened to be considered, you know, a seance. And what the Warrens were doing in 1970. <laughs> like, it's just, really he was just yeah, doing yeah. the same shit. It was just, he was yeah. fucking around with spirits from the other world. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's brilliant. So the only thing that really, the only thing unique in that story is there's a coincidence that there's two people, there's a dead guy that believed in that stuff. And there's a few living people that believed in that stuff. Yeah. Now, I, the Warren, the Warrens, some people say that they, they, at least believe in stuff. Their hearts might be in the right. They think they're doing good. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. They've made millions of, of like. <laughs> well, there's that then, isn't there? Yeah, like I, I think they're con men. Yeah, uh, but I'm not an expert on it. I, I think those conspiracy guys done an Amityville episode, so they probably go into a bit more. They're probably a better source for whether they were con artists or not. Yeah, it's. So I think a lot of when people are in that kind of level of a con, they might even know they're a con. You know, it's kind of a point where, okay, they're making money out of it. And it might have been something they thought they were doing, like a civic duty to begin with. And then they started making money out of it. Like and then they kind of went, okay, now we really have to sell it because we can make money out of it. Yeah, yeah. And so they convince themselves it's real. You know, it's... Uh, Willful ignorance, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Or the complete scumbags. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. Now, the thing is, I don't know a whole lot about them. With the Amityville thing, I can understand where they're coming from in that because the Lutz family have already made up the story and made money. Yeah. So, like, they, like, the lie, if it's a lie, it's already being created. So, it's like, why not just come in? Yeah. And, but there's stuff with the Enfield, and I won't go into it. The Enfield poltergeist is essentially the same kind of thing. Yeah. But, they presented loads of like evidence from that and it's all like photos of a table moving but just the left leg of the table is out of frame so like how can you <laughs> expect somebody to believe that when it's so easy to just lift the table like all you need to do is move the camera a millimeter to the left yeah. and that'd be a completely different picture and I could believe it but yeah, because yeah. you have decided to for some reason leave the edge of the table out of the frame yeah I have to call that into question. But there's loads of stuff like that. They've never offered any evidence. And some of it, because they have... Now, War, uh, Ed Warren's died a few years ago. She's still alive. And she's still, like, she still does, like, fucking Comic-Con with, with the Conjuring oh, film. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, I think she's just a great, a great storyteller. <laughs> that's it. Like, you get paid for public appearances and stuff? No, I mean, in general, though, I think that yeah. that's all they were. Like, she was a really good storyteller and... Yeah, I don't think there's even willful ignorance. I think they knew exactly what they were doing. You don't set up a museum and, like, present all these, like, relics from all your haunting (laughs) adventures. Yeah. I'd love to go to the museum, though, just to kind of 
be cool. Yeah. There's so much stuff there. It's like how could like every story you come across, these feckers pop up in it. Like <laughs> <laughs> they're like two. They're two real life ghost stories. What like yeah. Samuel L. Jackson is to movies. <laughs> like, it's always popping up there somewhere. It's really funny. But to defeating ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we were going to do that as a segment. Yeah. So I guess like we can dispel some things about ghosts and that's one way to defeat them yeah to like to defeat your fear uh so the first one i came across is, you know the thing like so kids and animals we kind of talked about this yeah. they say kids and animals are, are more sensitive to yeah like they can sense the presence like you do see that it's always weird when like when my dog just like he gets distracted by something in the corner and starts looking at it and barking and you're that's, like there's oh, nothing there oh, what does he see um and we kind of mentioned earlier Animals see different spectrums of light than us. Babies, yeah. young children and babies especially, their eyes are still developing. There's, like, for all we know, there's, like, just some weird bluish light between us right now. We can't see, or it's just not within the Yeah, yeah, the just because of the way the light's coming in or reflecting or... Yeah, yeah, but there's just spectrums of light we can't see. Animals can, so it makes sense, they might just get distracted. Yeah. That's all it is, like, but people, apparently it's a sign of, sign of a ghost. But I would just say, yeah, your your baby or dog being distracted isn't. Yeah, don't assume it's a ghost. Yeah. Could be a mild stroke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one is like, yes, you're in more danger at night. Apparently, because that's when go. Because it is. Why would ghosts be more active at night? It's the thing yeah, like, from, why? Why would they differentiate? Like, unless they know you're afraid of the dark. Like, if they use it because oh, yeah, they know it makes sense. But they say, like, the spiritualist thing is because of the reduced electronic disturbances. Okay. Which makes sense for nowadays, I guess. You know, yeah. lights aren't on, TV isn't on. Um, that is how in Poltergeist, yeah. how the ghost, the ghost operates. It's, oh, yeah. The t- it, it, because the, the electrics of the house aren't being used at night, and that's how it's able to control the TV. It can't do that during the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's more electric fields and stuff in the house yeah. to manipulate her. but I mean you go back to even ghost stories that were fucking written in candlelight ghosts yeah. still haunted at night yeah but it's a good I mean, that's a that's a good argument to it but then but it classically comes from fear of the unknown the dark that's it you know? that's the simple thing people are more because on, people are more on edge it's not yeah but you go, you go back to hunter gatherers there could have been a, a wolf outside at night yeah. who could come into your cave and kill you at night it's not going to do it during the day so you're afraid of the dark yeah well also we just we don't function as well in the dark as we do in the day no we're, so not, made, we're not built for yeah, the so, dark so even if even if there was no predators if we were in a, a place a region that had no predators if we were on the top of the food chain what as yeah. cavemen there's a good chance you're gonna you're not gonna be see, able to see where you're going when you're going out hunting and you're gonna trip and break your leg and die because there's no me- medicine hasn't been <laughs> created yeah yet. there's no reason why would you go it so yeah we're just predisposed to like oh well the dark is bad shit shit happens yeah um and that's fine people are meant to be somewhat afraid of the dark yeah yeah, you're you're essentially trained not to function well in the dark. You're more likely to imagine stuff. It's not to say everybody ever seen a ghost in the dark was just letting their imagination run away with them, but it's just saying that it's in our biology to do that. Yeah. So not dismissing it, just 
Yeah. There's a biological reason that we'd act like that in the dark. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then you have the added bonus, like whatever about that being a natural, naturally predisposed to feeling that way about the dark. But then you have the added bonus of every horror movie set in the dark and referencing the dark as an enemy. Yeah. So, so, now, <laughs> so now something... It's reinforced then. Yeah, yeah. So now something as non-threatening as a fucking gentle breeze against the swing, which is not a scary thing. Yeah. But you see that now in the dark, you think, oh, a malevolent spirit is sitting on that swing and it's going to attack me, you know? But yeah, like, yeah. Because well, I wonder what's the first horror movie is to have done that, the swing. Yeah. Probably goes way back to like the 40s though. Probably. Well, yeah. it's probably in a story first. But yeah. if that story had never been written, like nobody would ever consider just a swing blowing in the wind scary. <laughs> like it's just not scary. Yeah, yeah. Because it's put into, it's that twisting noise of chains or, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's creepy. That's a re- but even wind chimes become creepy. It's like, it's yeah. literally wind blowing a chime it's what they're meant to do I, like I, I have a set of wind chimes in my house that they're just in the house where we're, we're renting and they're just there at the back door and right beside the bathroom and the amount of times at like 12 o'clock at night I'd be sitting on the loo and spirit walks by and suddenly <laughs> just the wind chimes just go mm. and it's just a draft has come in from somewhere yeah and it's just caught it, whatever. And it's just, it's really creepy. Yeah, but that's it. Like, those stuff are creepy, even like non, like, I would imagine even Neil deGrasse Tyson and Richard Dawkins have a chill run up their spine when they fucking walk past a mirror in a dark hall, you know, and see, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, even, exactly. it doesn't matter how much of a... How rational you are. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And then, as well, just to go even further, at night, you just have less noise. In general, so anything other than your own, anything louder than your own thoughts can kind of yeah strike. Like I live beside a train track, I hear trains all day. I, I you're probably used so used to it to this point now, you don't even notice them. I didn't even know that was here. Like chances are, though, three trains have went by since we sat down here. Has to. I've never least. thought about that. You were even that close to the tracks, actually. Oh, when we first moved in. Used to hear them the whole time. I'd say you've heard them, and it's just you're so used to by now you forgot you ever heard them. Yeah. Because I kind if it's weird now. There's certain times at night where if one goes by, I will hear it, and oh, it's yeah. because it's not it's it's not at the right time. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I just hear it. It's stuff like that just stick out. Um, yeah, yeah. So at night, typically there's less noise. No, you don't have traffic. Even if you live in the country, like you hear a tractor off in a different distance at some point, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you just anything that sticks out as a normal, like you, you overthink it. I'm not sure, really sure how that defeats a ghost, but that defeats the mental aspect, maybe. If you just keep all that stuff in mind, yeah. <laughs> they say apparently though, since the advent of mobile phones, for some reason, uh, ghost sightings have just dropped considerably. Really? Yeah, and that's just like something that they've noticed in studies and stuff. I wonder, is it like people feel safer when they have a phone with them? And and also, you know what, people are distracted, they're busy looking at their phone. Nah, Shane, nah. That's that's the stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. (laughs) (laughs) It's clearly the electronic noise produced by phone calls and text messages interfere with the electronic magnetic force of a ghost. 
So you can't, they can't be powerful enough for you to see. It looks them. like you just read that from somewhere, did you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really <laughs> funny. Um, wait, no, you think I actually believed that? <laughs> no, no, I thought you were just bullshit, and then I realized. Oh no, oh, no, no, that's, actually, no, no, that's their genuine. That that's no, yeah, that's what I was saying. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no, no, no that, yeah, no, that's that's the actual belief. I thought you were just being really sarcastic, and then I realized, no, no, you read that yeah, somewhere. So I, was being, I was being sarcastic because I had read like that is yeah, an actual. Yeah. That's no, that's what uh, certain people claim that that's the mobile phones do that, and that's it's really not, funny. and it's nothing got to do with the fact that people are just resolve to playing with their phone before they go to bed <laughs> and just so don't like aren't like it used to be back in the day i guess if you had trouble getting to sleep you might like start like opening your eyes and making shapes out of things yeah happen. yeah where but, now you check your facebook status and then you spend the timeline a bit going i can't believe that bitch said that about yeah, me on facebook yeah. rather than worrying about what's in the dark well essentially you have a nightlight <laughs> well yeah exactly <laughs> what else? we didn't talk about orbs orbs at all Oh, I, assume you want to, yeah, uh, I assume you want to talk about man, that. I did the Dublin Ghost Bus tour about 10 years ago for a friend's birthday. And the guy was getting us to do, or like, there's this there's this alley behind, um, oh, where is it? Uh, St. Pat's Cathedral or somewhere like that. There's Nobody this, listening will know anyway. Yeah, but in Dublin, there's this old cathedral and there's like this old alley behind it. And apparently it's a great place to get orbs. And sure enough, I had my at the time small like 5 megapixel digital camera with me and I took a lot of photographs and I got loads of orbs on it and you know they only appear when you use the flash and all this kind of oh, stuff oh I wonder what that is and it's clearly just the old brickwork has uh, minerals in it and stuff that just reflect back and that's all it was but they look cool uh, it did look cool and also just dust particles would be enough oh yeah it. and people did, did people tr- knocked out ones like oh yeah but the room I wasn't in well, it wasn't dusty. And hang on. <laughs> if the room you were in exists on the planet Earth, it's it was dusty. Yeah, there is exactly. not... A, it is impossible. Like there's Unless you took the photograph in a, like Intel's clean room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like a level five clean room yeah, or something. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, yeah, I guess. If it was a normal room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but like once you're on the planet Earth, even if you're in a fucking a field, a cornfield, well, then you're actually more likely, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But I just hate that. Oh, it wasn't dusty. Yeah. <laughs> Again, not dismissing it. You know, I'm just saying. Or they're like, but I just hoovered. You're like, yes, you threw a load of dust <laughs> in the air with your hoover. <laughs> um, one of the uh, most interesting and most uh, plausible, not plausible, plausible isn't the word, but just it, the one that just explains a lot is the idea of infrasound. So have oh, you heard, yeah. ever heard of this? This is the sounds we can't hear normally. Isn't it? Yeah, yes. Uh, I think it's between seven and twenty hertz. I'll check it. I'll have it written down to exact. But yes, yeah, so this was essentially discovered by Vic Tandy, who was an en- uh, uh, an engineer from Coventry University. Yeah, and he was doing uh, research in a lab, and he just got a really eerie. He was there late one night, got a really eerie feeling. Yeah, that something was in the room with him. And then in his peripheral vision saw a shape and he turned around terrified and the shape just vanished. Ah. And he's like, whoa. And he was genuinely scared. I do have a quote from him written down, but we don't, uh, we, we're going to wrap up. So I want to get through this quickly. Yeah. So the next day he decided yeah, he wasn't going to go to the lab. He was going to practice his fencing in a, a room below the lab. So he's fecking around with a sword against the 
dummy or whatever. Yeah. And he went to get a drink of water, left his sword down, and he came into the room, and all of a sudden the sword was just vibrating. Ah. I mean, a scientist, he was no longer afraid, because he's like, ah, of course, yeah. that there was an issue with sound waves yeah. coming from the lab somewhere. Um, so he tested out the the properties, I don't know how exactly, science mechanisms that I wouldn't understand. Yeah. And he he found out he was right. There was a, a standing wave, they call it, acoustically uh, stuck inside the walls, essentially caused by a fan. So wow. there was sound traveling through all the walls of the lab. That's cool. And it was vibrating at about 19 cycles a second. So too low to hear or for you to really know you're hearing. Yeah. But they can cause visual hallucinations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because it causes it essentially causes your your retina to vibrate or something. Yeah, yeah, it's um, crazy. But also, when it does, like, your it, it actually causes something. You feel dizzy. Yeah, it causes vertigo. Essentially, yeah. I heard it described as getting tinnitus. Yeah, it's like having tinnitus. Um, so your equilibrium, equilibrium's off and all that. Yeah, I've watched. Um, there was a TV series. I only watched the first episode of it, and it's. Um, What's his name? It's Sir Arthur. It's meant to be Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and um, fuck. What's his name? Totally gone out of my no, head. Uh, famous escape artist Houdini. Okay. And it was called. It's like Houdini and Doyle or something. Like this. It's um, it's a new enough series, but that that was the very first episode of it. It's basically they investigate paranormal things. Uh, it's like set in London in uh, like the early. So it's just Doyle believing all of them and you you just be like, yeah, you're exactly. an idiot. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's really funny. Uh, I watched the first episode and it was all about uh, exactly that, an ultrasonic sound in like this office caused by uh, the railway outside and all that. It was really interesting, actually. Yeah, he discovered that and yeah, there was some other shit going on in the lab. doesn't really matter. But yeah, so it's not like the first time there'd already been research into the exposure of low-frequency sound and how it can cause... A variety of psychological effects, but just anxiety being the big one. Oh, yeah. Um, but his one's just a, a very extreme version of it. I came across that when I was young. I'd actually wrote a short story called The Suicide Note, which I thought was really clever. <laughs> cool. But, yeah, so actually, since we started doing, recording this, how, yeah. like, because we're doing a spooky podcast, oh, like, yeah. just talking about ghosts and all that, have you felt anxious or anything? Um... Don't know why have you been playing. Yeah, yeah but since we thinking, started, that's why I was set up. I was like, thinking there was something a bit like, feel a bit uncomfortable in the room or something. That, yeah, I just stopped a while we were doing that, but yeah, I've been playing the... See, I'm not sure like how... I was going to say to you earlier. Oh, did you know what's it? Just that I felt a bit kind of, I don't know, slightly, slightly anxious or something. Genuinely, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, did you see learning from it now? No, I tried it myself a few days ago and I just... Because you know the whole... I, um, you see, I was going... Like when, when you're sitting around in the dark and someone starts telling a ghost story. Yeah, yeah. And you still, you, even though you're like, oh, it's bullshit, you still get a little bit of like, you're aware of your surroundings a bit more. Yeah. Like earlier yeah, when you were talking about stuff, I kind of had that a bit, that kind of feeling and I just contribute. I was going to say to you and then I said, ah, no, sure, I won't. I'll sound crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I'm I was just thinking as you were explaining that to me. I was just thinking that would be a cool way to like if you had a housemate you wanted to get rid of, like put like a woofer under their their uh, like yeah, like, like you say they're in the room above you, like put it like, on the, on your ceiling and just try and drive them insane. Well, I always get it, but so genuinely that's good because yeah, yeah, there's yeah. 
there is another thing now I don't think there's studies done on it but I have noticed that just in doing some research and looking up people tell their true ghost stories remarkable amount of people wearing glasses telling ghost stories so I always think it's just somebody that saw the corner of the frame <laughs> while they were while they their equilibrium was all messed up through that they okay. just added to yeah I hope I wonder what does it affect uh, people listening I, that's I don't think I even tried it before up. you came that's why I had everything set up do you know what you should do is you should put it in under the edit I might do that, but then you see, I was thinking that, but then what if people listen to the episode and they're like, they just don't, they feel anxious listening to us, like they don't get to the point yeah, where yeah. we reveal what it is, and they think it's us that meant them to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, how come a horror movie, or maybe a horror movie has just embedded it underneath? Yeah. But so that explains a lot. Now, if it's in your head, there are all ways we can defeat it. Once you know all that stuff, you can yeah, defeat yeah. it. But that's only if the ghost is in your head. What yeah. if it's real? How do you? Because like, if any of these haunting movies are real, I don't know what I can really do to to fight an actual ghost bar. Just get into the car and just drive away. Yeah, <laughs> but if it follows, as most of them do nowadays, because the rules, yeah, the trope has changed. You got give the as Harry Price done, give the body a Christian burial. Yeah, I don't believe in God, so that's difficult. You can to you can that salt work. and burn the bones remains or if it's a haunted object like say a, a an object they were particularly attached to or but, can, but then you have to do research and figure that out yeah but you, here's the thing you have to there's so there's just like because you're going like that's that's one rule that one yeah, yeah. one tv show and one say, spiritual sect might acknowledge yeah, yeah. But then there's varying one like so in spanish folklore like their idea of a vampire is more like a ghost so it's a it's normally a dead family member normally a daughter who's put a curse on the family who feeds off the family at night like okay. a vampire yeah, yeah. their energy it, it would be more like the, the Lefanu Carmela version of the vampire as in the Irish writer yeah but, and the way to stop that is you have to dig up the body and burn the heart oh okay that's cool but what if you so what if you you're being haunted by this ghost and you do the burn the body and bones thing and then you realise oh shit it was the heart. I was actually the other rules I was meant to go. Uh, and you've I was, ruined it. Yeah, and I was just meant to burn the heart. Like, does it count? Well, you burnt it all. The heart would burn with it. But I don't know. Like, it's just I don't trust these methods. It's almost yeah, yeah. as if they haven't been conceived very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just circle your house in rock salt. That's one. That's a good classic one. Um, exorcisms, any Christian rituals, yeah. lighting sage is, is another one. Sage, actually hadn't thought of that one. Um, it's meant to be very good. You were saying iron earlier, is that a way to actually like cut through a ghost? Like if you're being attacked by a ghost? Apparently, yeah, yeah, it's because it's a heavy, dense element, like earthy element, and like some of the most ancient weapons and yeah. things are iron, so it should uh, affect them. And apparently uh, mobile phones as well. Yeah, mobile phones, and running the fuck away <laughs> and and always stick together yeah if you're with a it, few people stay together don't separate and think like it's more horror movies and again slasher movies and stuff it's like no one walks into a room in their house without turning on a light like <laughs> I do the whole time <laughs> I was like turn on the fucking lights um. like <laughs> Would you always like if you went down if if you went down to bathroom at night? Would you turn yeah, every light? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Jeez, yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't. Not from inclined. a. I turn on some lights, not necessarily all of them. I kind of turn on the, like the bathroom light so as I can aim properly, and that's yeah, about, yeah. But I, I regret having to do that because I don't turn them on because I don't want to wake myself up too much. Uh, like. 
Um, I'm resigned to being awake at that point. I've got enough to pee. No, well, I'm just like, I'm, I mean, I know where I'm going. If I was in a stranger's house and I didn't know my way, yeah. Yeah. But no, I normally won't bother turning on the lights. I mean, if there's going to be a ghost there, it's going to be there. Chances are, that's actually the thing with horror movies too, though. Like, you need to make the decision to turn the lights on before you even leave the room. Yeah. Or leave them off completely. Because what's going to happen is you're going to see nothing, turn on the light, and that's when the ghost is standing there. You're going to get a jump scare. Uh, (laughs) Um, Oh, we did. um, So it might be best to leave it off. We did in Edinburgh, the Edinburgh Dungeon. Uh, It's like the tour where it's all like actors dressed up as monsters and stuff. And we, at one point, we were going through uh, this like long corridor and you get about halfway along the corridor and the lights go out and it's completely dark. And it it was the scariest thing ever. Like, and it was done really really well it's suddenly the lights come back mm. on but just for like a second and there's a guy dressed up standing like almost nose to nose to one of the girls who was in like the our group and that it was just like she just was so scared after that we were all like oh fuck you and like most of us were like oh you bastard she was just hysterical like <laughs> couldn't be controlled after that because obviously he's done it like he does it like 50 times a day and knows exactly yeah, but it was just so clever so something that happens you know you're not expecting it holy crap like we were constantly yeah, we were yeah. waiting for something to happen because you're on a a haunted tour exactly, thing yeah, yeah. so like how much scarier <laughs> but I think to sum it up we've uh, I think we survive any sort of variant of the haunting because nobody can prove we can't <laughs> <laughs> yeah have a nice apocalypse <laughs>